Welcome into the Bad Fan. This is the place to hear about your favorite sports and teams, but from a point of view that may go against the grain of a normal fan. I'm your host, Cole Carter, and we are so glad that you have tuned in with us today. Today we're getting you ready for Saturday's Champions League matchup between Real Madrid and Liverpool, plus a look at other leagues around the world. And welcome to those of you listening along on Spotify today. If you're viewing this on YouTube, then go ahead and leave a like for today's episode. And if you're new around here, we'd be honored for you to subscribe and follow the channel. Um, Becoming a bad fan is easy around here and made better by clicking the bell below uh, this YouTube video. And well, we are so glad that you are connected with us today. I can't do this thing alone. And I'm joined by my good friend, Brandon Patesnick. Welcome in, buddy. How are you doing today? Hey, man. Doing well. Nice to see you. Uh, we're back on the two podcasts a week grind, which uh, is really great. I'm glad we're here. I'm ready to talk sports. Ready to talk sports indeed. And uh, we'll start today's bad fan journey. Just a glance at the NBA and NHL playoffs. Currently, it is game five out west as we record this between Golden State and the Mavericks. And Golden State is currently running away with this one. Looks like they will be the ones from the Western Conference to advance to the NBA Finals. And then in the East, we've already had Game 5 decided by the Boston Celtics winning that one by 13, 93-80. So they're leading that series 3-2. So we'll see from the Eastern Conference if the Celtics can reach the Finals for the first time in a handful of years. Or if the Miami Heat can come back and reach the Finals since the NBA lockdown bubble in which they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. Brandon, you got anyone that you have favored in these series? You know, it's hard not to like the storyline of the Golden State Warriors. Um, professional basketball is not really my thing, uh, <laughs> unless the Hawks are in it, I guess. Um, but I think these four teams are very good. Um, but if I'm putting money and if I want to see a certain storyline happen, Seeing Clay and Steph run it back and Draymond, I guess, um, that'd be pretty exciting. So I think it will be the Warriors versus the Celtics, um, but don't count the Heat out just yet. They're a good team as well. Yeah, the Warriors have been out of it, it seems, the past couple of years, obviously with big injuries to Clay Thompson having, I think, two ACL tears and like an Achilles tear or something like that, and then Steph having a wrist injury being out. Um, so they've been injury riddled and have not been in the NBA Finals discussion for a couple of years. So now they could be back um, unless Luka Doncic and the Mavericks have anything to say about it. But it seems unlikely at this point with such little time to go in this game six or game five. Um, and yeah, with Boston in the heat, uh, really not a big Boston Celtics fan. But those young guys have been impressing and Jimmy Butler is doing all he can to keep the heat alive. So really uh, Celtics Warriors series seems inevitable at this point, but we'll see what happens. Um, in NHL playoffs, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have won their series, sweeping the Panthers of Florida. Uh, you have Colorado Avalanche leading the St. Louis Blues. Um, they are up 3-2. And then you have the Oilers and the Flames, the Canadian series. Edmonton is leading the Flames 3-1. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers are at 2-2. And then we have, I think... That should be the series. Haven't really been following this one too closely, to be honest. Um, but we still have a couple more series to go until we get to those final series. But have you been watching any of these, Brandon? Yeah, I've turned them on. I haven't been watching any full games. Um, 
but this Flames Oilers series seems like it's going to be really, really good. Um, and also the Hurricanes Rangers, they're all pretty good, um, as you just mentioned, except for the Panthers versus Lightning. That Lightning team came out and smacked the Panthers around. Um, the Panthers were really good during the regular season, um, but it didn't really work for them there against the trying to three-peat uh, Lightning. I'm going to say the Lightning have been dangerous the past couple of years, so Very maybe dangerous. a three-peat is coming their way. I don't know if an NHL team has ever actually had a three-peat. Um, I'm not brushed up on my hockey history, but I would imagine they'd probably be one of the few teams, if not the only team, to do so. So could yeah. be an amazing sight to see some history being made in the National Hockey League. Um, but our big focus today is on the Champions League final. If you've been following along on this podcast for the past couple of weeks and months, then you'll know that we've had our eyes on this one for a while. Uh, Steven, who's not here tonight, his dark horse, Real Madrid, taking on the Premier League runner-ups, Liverpool, and arguably the biggest sporting event of the weekend. Uh, we're very excited right now. Are you excited about this one? Not only the biggest sporting event of the weekend, maybe the biggest sporting event in all of sport, um, the Champions League final. I am very excited for this. It's on Saturday. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel like we keep saying that with these Champions League games. Um, the champions. I'll sing it for you guys. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I guess, you know, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll dive in. So I'm going to give a little bit of background of these two teams, the uh, their history in the European Cup, as it used to be known, and also now as the Champions League. Um, this will be Liverpool's 10th Champions League and European Cup final appearance. The club has won it six times. Uh, their last European Cup game came against my Tottenham Hotspur, the fellow, fellow English side of Liverpool's back in 2019, in which Liverpool won the affair 2-0 thanks to an early uh, handball call that was a little bit controversial in the first minute that came against uh, Musa Sissoko. And uh, that finish, of course, came from Mo Salah, who put it in the back of the net, slamming it past Hugo Lloris, who guessed the right way, got a bit of a hand to it, but really has had too much power behind it for him to save it. And then late in the match, the man who had been magic through their run in the Champions League, Divac Origi, delivered one last time with his European heroics and slotted a goal past Lloris to make the final score 2-0. to zero. And since that game, Liverpool have actually won the Premier League in 2020, and this season are the current holders of the FA and Carabao Cups. Um, so they'll be looking to capitalize on their season with a treble of cups. But Liverpool's opponent, though, had as many European titles as Liverpool does appearances. Uh, Real Madrid has won this competition 13 times. <laughs> they are the kings of Europe. The Galacticos. The Galacticos, indeed. And uh, their last title actually came against Liverpool, ironically. It was a memorable affair for many reasons. I know many of you listeners probably have an idea of what happened in this game in 2018. Um not the least bit of those things being that this was actually Cristiano Ronaldo's last game in a Real Madrid shirt. The game was also controversial for Mo Salah's early exit as he gained an injury from Sergio Ramos when he sort of tucked his shoulder as they both fell to the ground together. Mo Salah was unable to go any further in the game. And then really, I think the things that stick in the people's minds are the huge blunders from Liverpool's then keeper, Loris Karius, who... The first one just had a boneheaded mistake where he was on the edge of the box. He turned to his right, and Kareem Benzema, as the ball just releases, carries his hand. He taps the ball into the back of the net to give 
a huge boost to Real Madrid. Um, and Benzema's awareness uh, cost Liverpool an opening goal. Um, but the second one, just such an odd thing as well. Uh, late in the second half, Gareth Bale, who we'll talk about his first goal in a second, hit a knuckler right at Karius, who just did so poorly to manage the ball. I mean, he has the ball right here in front of him, just didn't have the hand strength or lost focus, and gets the ball into Liverpool's goal. Um, two very easy goals that gave Real Madrid the advantage. But the winner did come off Gareth Bale's foot in magical fashion. Uh, the cross into the box from Marcelo to the flying Gareth Bale, who had just come off the bench, hits an amazing bicycle kick that we debated a couple months ago as being one of the best bicycle kicks ever. I stand by that fact. Just the stage it was on, the moment it came in, uh, giving them the win in the Champions League final was pretty spectacular. So the last time out, that one finished Real Madrid 3, Liverpool 1. And also, ironically enough, the last time Real Madrid even lost a Champions League slash European Cup final actually came against Liverpool all the way back in 1981. Wow. And guess what? Guess where they played that match? You guessed it, Paris, France. So a bit odd of the fashion that this is all coming together. Uh, let's also keep in mind that Real Madrid has won seven titles since that last matchup. So they've won seven finals in a row. Um, but knowing these two teams' history from their last title appearances and the last time that Real Madrid lost a European Cup final. How is this one shaping up, Brandon? Should we be expecting a better matchup come Saturday evening between these two teams? Definitely better since the last time they played in the final. Um, that Liverpool game was quite embarrassing, um, to be honest. I was embarrassed for them. <laughs> um, yeah, too many errors at such, you know, like the highest level of soccer. It's, it was not good. But I, I cannot see this Liverpool team doing that. Um, their goalkeeper is one of the best, if not the best, in the world. Um, their defense is better. Their offense is better. All, like all around, Liverpool is better, and they are the better team in this matchup. But we are not counting Real Madrid out, even though they are a dark horse. They still are a very good team. They've had to work very hard to get here. A lot of adversity, a lot of obstacles. Man City, just to name one. And the crazy two legs to the TV. Yeah, I cannot wait for this one. Um, who do you think has more at stake for this final? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, Real Madrid's in an interesting spot where they have a good mix of veterans and young talent. Um, I think a Champions League victory for them might be a bigger deal than it would be for Liverpool. But on the flip side, Real Madrid, like you said, has won it 13 times. <laughs> like they are, they are Champions League, right? Mm -hmm. um, whether that helps them or hurts them, I'm not quite sure. Usually it helps them, but there will be a lot of pressure on them to win this game. Um, and in a one-off game, anything can happen. Um, but for Liverpool, I mean, they just won it, not last year, but the year before. 2019. Um, they beat the reigning um, champions in Chelsea in the FA Cup and Carabao Cup to win both their trophies this year so far. Um, 
and they almost beat out Man City for the Premier League title. So this team is is so so good. Um, that's a tough question. What do you think? Um, I think for Liverpool, I keep thinking that if they lose this this season, despite them winning the Carabao and FA Cups, I don't know if it could be seen as a success or not. Uh, this is a team that year in and year out wants to vie for the Premier League and they want to be in the Champions League final. And I think something that maybe people don't understand or realize that you can't win every single year, especially in a Champions League. Mm -hmm. Like you have, I don't know, is it 36 teams that start out in the tournament and you get down to two and it's once a year, right? So it's not easy to win this thing considering as well that Real Madrid have won this thing like 13 times. You have... Mm -hmm. Ajax, who's won it four times. Barcelona's won like six times, and Liverpool's won six times. So, you know, you can't win it every year. And so you do have teams like Manchester City, who Pep came into Manchester City not to win the Premier League, but came in to win the Champions League, and he hasn't done it yet. So when I start thinking of my own team, like Tottenham, the fact that we even got to a Champions League final was pretty insane mm -hmm. and is something that should be highly regarded. But the fact that Jurgen Klopp has now made his third appearance as Liverpool's manager in the final, has already won it. I think that without this final, it actually will be seen as a failure because he didn't bring home the Premier League title either, especially when they had the chance to gain the advantage over Man City, either directly or just dropping points against teams that they probably shouldn't have dropped points against. So ultimately, I think that you know Liverpool's reputation is on the line if they can be you know, the team of the season. If they can get the treble... This team will go down in history, and if they don't, then it'll just be seen as another team of the past, and they won't have, I think, the glory that this cup could bring them. And for Real Madrid, I think this what's at stake is for them to prove that this wasn't a fluke and that their run wasn't just magic. It was actual you know, hard work and tenacity and the ability to work cohesively as a team, especially when the odds were stacked against them in a year where Carlo Ancelotti comes in with maybe some uncertainty of what is capable from this team. Um, you know, the fact that they've now won the Liga already, um, beating out Barcelona, one of their worst years, it seems, in recent memory, uh, after beating out Atletico Madrid, who had won it the past season. So they've shown they can win uh, domestically, uh, but if they could win this Champions League trophy, I think that this team would actually be one that could go down in the history books as, mm. you know, one of the biggest shocks, I think, in Champions League history. Uh, if they can get the job done, which is uh, which is crazy to say, I mean, because of their history, but it really is like this team. No one expected them to make it this far. Um, they're honestly not good enough to make it this far, <laughs> but they they've gotten here. Um, yeah, and I think you're right when you say like they need to prove that this wasn't just some crazy fluke, wasn't on the back of <laughs> Ballon d'Or performances of Cream Benzema, you know of young guys stepping up to five years above their age, right? Like, is is this the new Real Madrid? Are they turning the page from Cristiano? Like, is this the new thing? You know, turning the page from Sergio Ramos? Like, are these the guys? Um, and I think they are. I don't know if any of that hinges on this game, but they'll be up for it, definitely. Um, as far as Liverpool, I think I disagree. I think... They had an amazing season um, domestically. 
um, falling short by a point to Manchester City. Um, and I remind you, like these point totals that they're getting are close to 100 points. Um, Which is already unheard of practically. Yeah, it doesn't. It, that doesn't happen or hasn't happened up until this Man City-Liverpool rivalry in the Premier League. Um, so it's it's very, very successful just in the league standpoint. And then you take the tro- both trophies involved. They played two very good games against a good opponent in Chelsea. Um, they're honestly like replicas of each other, which is so funny. Um, so I don't think it would be a failure. But the fact that they are the better team, especially on paper, um, they are the deeper team. Um, I mean, I think I think every position they're better at, other than striker. You know, and that's debatable because it's a system. You know, the way Liverpool plays is a different system than how Real Madrid play. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all I'll say. Do you have another question? Well, I was thinking. You know, um, might this be for a couple of the guys on each team that we see them? Like the last time we see them in their uniforms. I like, you know. I think about. You know, Gareth Bale in Real Madrid, will he even get the chance to have a cameo? Um, Marcelo leaving Real Madrid. Um, is this the time that, you know, does Eden Hazard, does he feature for the last time potentially in Madrid? Um, is Bobby Firmino, is he on his way out in Liverpool? Are they looking to move on from him and let him go? Or, you know, Salah says he's coming back in a press. There was rumors without the contract extension and whether he was going to be around, but he says he will be playing for Liverpool next season. So just some question marks. Um, you know, when I think about someone like Gareth Bale, he's won four Champions League titles with them, and the amount of distaste that comes from Madridistas and the fans <laughs> and all that um, is pretty incredible. He's been injured most of the season or has been uh, not selected to the team, but maybe he'll get a chance. Um Maybe this goes into extra time and they need that super sub coming off the bench. Um, so just some storylines to be keeping an eye on. Uh, like I said, this is the first time um, that Real Madrid has a chance to lose a title since 1981 against Liverpool in Paris. So the stars are kind of aligning <laughs> yeah, Liverpool so to change the story of what might happen this weekend. Um, I'm definitely excited We'll talk about some score predictions. I'm really thinking that this is going to be a good game. Uh, I've been listening to some of the pressers, listening to Jurgen Klopp, and the storyline he's been talking about is how it really feels like it's going to be red versus white. You really don't have anyone in the middle. They either hate Liverpool or they hate Real Madrid. (laughs) And so this is going to be awesome. Parties are not going to be uh, maybe nice and friendly um, in Paris. Liverpool fans and the Real Madrid fans coming together. Um, but it's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. I think I would love to see this one be very dramatic. Love to see this one go into penalties. So I'm thinking like a two-two draw, no goals in extra time, and we'll see this one go into penalties. At this point, though, thinking about, it, I feel like surely Liverpool would have the advantage in the penalties. Um, I would think, but you know, Madrid—they've been there before, they've done this before. Um, but I feel like. Liverpool is going to be the ones to rewrite history. They'll get their treble, um, winning it on penalties and becoming European champions for the seventh mm-hmm. time in their history is my prediction. 
Oh, that's a good prediction. I know you love the drama, and I'm actually going to do something a little dramatic as well. I will say, in some sort of fashion, I think Real Madrid will score first. Okay. Um, don't know what minute. First half at some point. Liverpool will go up. They will score two consecutively, so they will go up 2-1. Some subs might be made. I don't know. Real Madrid will score again. It'll be 2-2 in going into the 80th plus. And I think Liverpool, who will it be? Who's going to score it? I don't know. Somebody will score a goal in like the 88th minute. I want some drama. I want that last minute goal. I want something crazy to happen as well. Um, the last couple Champions Leagues have been not boring, but just like, yeah, they just haven't lived up to that that final, you know, that final match. So I'm hoping this one doesn't keep everybody on their seats. Yeah, I guess what we had. So Manchester City, Chelsea last year, we had the 1-0 win. Kai Havertz gets the winning goal. Yeah. The year before, we had PSG Bayern, which I think Bayern won that one like 3-1 to one or something. That not one was great pretty good, actually. Well, I think it was That's all right. I think it was like a two-goal win by Bayern. Mm. year before that, you had Tottenham-Liverpool, which that game was killed early on because of that handball penalty, which was yeah. just so unfortunate. And then this one in 2018 was 3-1, to one, and Karius really threw that one away. So we haven't – you're right. I don't think we've had a great, you know, stunning Champions League final in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully these two teams can change the story and bring some magic in 2022. And I, think I think they will. I think they will. But Man, I can just see Steven. Steven right now is like, Real Madrid, 6-1. He probably has some crazy take. <laughs> <laughs> you think Luis Diaz, the new kid on the block, can get the winning goal for Liverpool? I, I was going to say him, a substitute. Um, I have an f- inkling. I have a feeling it'll be him. Um, maybe Jota as well. One of, one of the two will score. Um, I hope it's not some boring goal like from a c- corner or something. I hope it's... I hope it's like in play, some stunner. I don't know. It would be absolutely wonderful. Diaz could score the game-winning goal, and every penny of, I think, his $40 million will have been worth it. Oh, yeah, if it's not already paid for. (laughs) Right. If he hasn't done it already, him winning the Champions League for them will be looked upon as probably one of the best January signings just for his impact if he can actually do that. So mark our words, people. Mark our words. If it happens, um, we'll definitely be – the ones that you can look back and reflect on. Uh, well, that's going to be the Champions League final. That thing is Saturday evening. You don't want to miss it. Uh, this has all been being built up to throughout the whole season. Uh, just from the drama of having to qualify in the previous year to the midseason drama this year going through the round of 16 and so on. These two teams have fought tooth and nail through some great matchups to get here. So don't miss Real Madrid and Liverpool Saturday night. We promise it'll be worth your time. It will. Well, we had two other finals in the major tournaments. We had the Europa League final that took place between Frankfurt and Rangers in Seville. This one ended 1-1 in regular time and went into extra time with no goals as well. And some drama in the penalties, Brandon. What happened in this one? Um, Drama in the penalties. They went to the fifth penalty. Um, Which, you know what's something I've noticed? A lot of penalties go past. I don't know if this has always been a thing. Maybe it's recent. I have no clue. But a lot of the penalties are going past that fifth take. Um, at least a lot, a lot of the ones that I've watched. But this one did not. 
Um, Frankfurt won 5-4 on penalties. Um, I cannot say I watched the game, unfortunately. Um, work's been sort of busy. But, yeah, Frankfurt. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought Frankfurt versus Rangers? I think we said West Ham versus Leipzig would have been the final. And Frankfurt, who's – I don't know what they finished in the German league, but I think it was like seventh or eighth last time I checked wins Europa yeah. League and they will be in the Champions League next year. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I know Absolutely. I sort of I was sort of rooting for Rangers just thinking like it'd be cool to see them achieve big things. I yeah. think they had been in a final like that in a long time. But obviously Frankfurt being the Cinderella always awesome to see the little guy come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations to them. Both fans obviously traveled so well. Amazing sights for both uh, sides on that one. But uh, the last third European trophy, the one that's not as prestigious but still counts for a lot, is the Europa Conference League final between Roma and Feyenoord. Uh, and this one ended 1-0 in Roma's favor. Thanks to who, Brandon? Nicolo Zaniolo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, yeah, good goal. And uh, you know what? Jose wins another trophy. The first first Europe, Europe, Europa Conference League trophy. There we go. Um. Wow, there he goes winning trophies like he always does. It seems. Yeah, so he's won his fifth major European trophy, and also becomes, as you mentioned, the first manager in history to win each of the major European trophies. So, meaning the Champions League, the Europa League, and the now inaugural Europa Conference League <laughs> trophy. So, as they say, Jose wins everywhere they everywhere he goes, except Tottenham because we fired him the week of the Carabao Cup final. <laughs> You know, I honestly, I enjoyed his tenure at Tottenham. I think he had a raw deal. Just the fact that when he came in uh, midseason after the Champions League hangover in Pochettino, just, you know, the fact that I think we finished fifth that season, um, you know, give him some credit for what he did. And obviously during the pandemic, just like, how do you manage that? Mm -hmm. Um, Just so much, I think, going against him. um, And then just, I think, what I've heard recently as things start to come out, it seems weekly that it was less so what Jose did, but more so his staff that he brought with him just never really meshed with the squad and saw a bit of fallout from it. Mm. Um, but, you know, Jose getting his fifth major trophy is pretty awesome to see. And he's also said he is committed to Roma. Um, despite any rumors of him going elsewhere, he will be staying there, he says, as he wants to continue to build off of that team, especially with players like Tammy Abraham, who we love around here, um, mm-hmm. getting nine goals in the tournament, finishing with 27 goals and five assists in all competitions this year. So he has a bright future. If he can continue to get some investment into the club, um, producing on the field, then Jose may find himself back in the Champions League and competing for trophies there as well. Um, but I also want to mention one thing. This isn't the European uh, club related, or not uh, the tournament related, but talking about Tottenham, I don't know if you caught this, but we also just announced this week that we're getting a big 150 million pound investment uh, towards transfers this summer, which uh, is sort of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> showing the commitment to Antonio Conte, who got uh. the club into the top four into Champions League football and is now backing him. Our owner, Joe Lewis, who people have been joking about, uh, he's 88 years old. Um, they're just sort of like, oh, Maybe I should actually invest money in this club that I forgot about and is doing so uh, with the chairman, Daniel Levy. So 
Uh, big plans, uh, as we say, it's F5 season, so keeping keep hitting refresh on your computer to see all the transfer rumors. It does seem now that Tottenham will be busy one way or another, hopefully making some good investments, um, but they also may be offloading some players if they can, like <laughs> Tangi and Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso, um, and potentially loaning out players like Brian Hill. Once when did this turn into a Tottenham podcast? Hey, I'm just letting you know that's some big <laughs> big news that people well, might need it, to know about yeah it came a couple seasons too late i think uh but it's good you guys are back in the champions league you're getting investment now but to roma they does that mean they're in the europa league next year yes they don't okay. get champions league they get europa, europa league. league okay still that's good for them i forget where they finished in syria i don't think i think they finished like eighth I, or something. I think they were top six i think they were sixth or fifth um, oh. So they were close, but I think I could be wrong. But regardless, they will be in Europa League. Which, hey, maybe Jose is just building his team up. Go to yeah. Europa, then Europa Conference, then Europa League, maybe then Champions League. He'll win three trophies in a row. That'd be crazy. Each could level, he would then certainly be the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, he, he would def- certainly then be the chosen one. He definitely would. And just to end it here, we can move on. Tammy Abraham will be the second striker for England in the World Cup. Uh, no other striker, per, English striker, produces like he does, especially for his age. So good for him. I'm very happy for Tammy. I'm hoping for the same. I would love to see him in Qatar later this year in 2022, battling it out with the Englishman. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandon, take this one away. Back over the pond, as we always do, to American soccer. The US Open Cup is going on right now, and you have a glimpse and some updates of what's been going on in that tournament. Yeah, the U.S. Open Cup. It's a fun uh, midweek tournament, usually, um, where MLS teams can play. Um, the lower league teams, yes, there are lower leagues in the U.S., if you would believe that. Um, so there was a couple upsets that I wanted to mention. So, um, wait, did I, is it not? Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was trying to find it. Um, Minnesota United lost to Union Omaha. This is that team I was telling you about that had a really cool logo and I wanted you to look up. I don't know if you ever did, but they beat Minnesota uh, 2-1, which is just amazing, um, first of all. So congrats to, to Omaha. Great job, guys. Um, and then in a big game, which San Jose is not, not very great, in general, but um, they they lose to Sacramento Republic FC two nothing. They couldn't even score a goal against them, um, and the crowd was up for that one. They had a good showing. It was in Sacramento, so that is absolutely amazing. Those two teams will be going to the quarterfinals. Sacramento is going to be playing LA Galaxy. Ooh. Tough draw there. Could be interesting. And Union Omaha will be playing Sporting KC. So the border um, towns. Also, yeah. I think Sacramento was supposed to be awarded an MLS franchise. I mm. don't think they are getting it anymore. So uh, maybe Sacramento's fighting for uh, some eyes to show that we are ready for MLS as we can beat these big teams. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. That's not how business probably works. But <laughs> I would be a fan of seeing them expand up into Sacramento for sure. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, just to touch on a couple other games, down in Florida, Orlando hosted Inter-Miami. It went to penalties, actually, after a 1-1 tie. Um, Orlando did win 4-2, and they will face Nashville in the quarterfinals. Um, NYCFC versus New England. This was a 
stalemate-ish game. I think NYCFC dominated. I, I watched it, or most of it, mm-hmm. and um, they eventually end up scoring, winning one nothing. Um, and they will face their New Jersey counterpart, the New York Red Bulls, who beat Charlotte 3-1. to um, And then, like, like I mentioned, LA Galaxy went through, but they had to go through LAFC. They played in El Trafico in the, uh, in the Open Cup. So that's sort of fun as well. So keep, keep an eye on this tournament. It's in the quarterfinals now, so only two more rounds after this. Um, should be some good games now that the stakes are very high. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely be, t- be tuning into those games in the middle of the week. I love it. Quick also side anecdote once again. Uh, but funny thing I saw, so you know the New York Giants and the New York Jets play at MetLife Stadium in Jersey? Yeah. Uh, someone is now suing them for, like, misleading advertising as them calling themselves the New York Giants and Jets. Oh, my gosh. I can only gosh. imagine that the New York Rebels would probably fall into that same category if there was actual lawsuit that could, like, win. I don't know. It just seems so funny that they have to do that. Like, that that's just so, so silly. Like, you're not in New York. You're in Jersey. Right. It's just, I don't know. I think it's funny. Oh, that is very funny. And I just said Flushing. Flushing is... Queens. Yeah, and that is where the... Um, NYCFC is. Yeah, and the uh, the Mets play, I think. Yes. So... I think NYCFC has been... Boun- they've been bouncing around, I think. I don't think they've been playing all their games in Yankee Stadium. They've been in City Field as well. And they've also bounced around to the Red Bull Stadium. So they can't bear NYCFC, to look at the... They need their own home, and they need it quick. That's all I know. They just can't bear um, to look at that banner. <laughs> no. We don't want to see it. Tiny banner that we we'd love to make fun of. Yeah. Um, but MLS is happening as well. Haven't missed a beat. Um, Atlanta United. We just saw them in Nashville this past weekend. Uh, hopefully, Joseph Martinez is on his way back. But this is our chance to give you the MLS Fast Five and look at five games where we'll give you some quick score predictions um, and some games that you want to be watching over the weekend. And we begin with our first one between Inter-Miami and Portland, two teams in the 10th spot in their respective conferences on the fringe of getting into the playoff line. Still plenty of time in the season, but you always want to be above that line to ensure your safety going later into the season. Brandon, for you, this game who do you have and what score would you give? I have no clue. Uh, Portland won nothing. Portland won nothing. Um, Inter-Miami has shown some confidence lately, but I don't think they'll have enough to beat Portland. I'll give a 1-1 draw. Uh, Miami does just enough late to get an equalizer to draw 1-1. Orlando, another Florida team, take on FC Dallas, who are just scoring out of their minds recently, uh, scoring bangers like from Paul Ariola and Jesus Ferreira is getting hot in Dallas. They continue their streak against Orlando, I believe, and they win two to one down in Orlando. What do you got? Yeah, that's a fair fair shout. Um, these teams are both ranked third in their. I said that weirdly. Third in their uh, respective conferences. Um, it'll be good. I'm very surprised at how well Orlando has played this year, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, maybe this could be the crumbling point. I, I hope at least, uh, FC Dallas three to one. Okay. Three to one sporting Kansas city coming off of their win in the U S open cup coming against Vancouver, two teams in the bottom half of their tables as well. 
I think Sporting Kansas City probably has some tired legs against Vancouver. Vancouver does need to get some wins at some point. Uh, I think this one was just a lame 1-0 win, but it's enough to get Vancouver um, over the hump recently and some points that they'll direly need if they have any eyes on the playoffs. Yeah, these teams sit bottom in the West. Um, I will say a 2-2 draw in that one. Okay. And then Toronto SC taking on the Shakiri-led Chicago Fire. Uh, two teams as well, just not having any luck this season. Uh, Toronto is inching closer, though, to the addition of our man from Italy. Um, why can I not remember his Insigne. last name? Insigne. And um, they really, really need a boost from him. Uh, this is a team that's not scoring as many goals as they would like, and so his arrival will be heavily expected and, and ready. Um, I have... Toronto winning at home 2-0 against Chicago. Um, they just don't have any way forward, it looks like, right now. Yeah, these teams are both at the bottom of the East. Um, Toronto will win 2-0 at home. Um, I wanted to say something about Chicago. Is it Slononia? Slon- I can yes, never pronounce it. Ever since all the hype started coming, about, com- coming out about this young keeper, and all the Polish talk, and all the U.S. talk, he has played horribly. He has been so bad. And, of course, not a, not the best defense in front of him necessarily. I mean, they were good to start the year, but a lot of the goals, not his fault. But some of them, as from a keeper's standpoint, like just missing him, putting the ball back into the center of the box in dangerous areas, like bad mistakes. It's very weird to see, but I think because he's young – a lot of that stuff is getting to them, and they have dropped to the bottom of the table because of that. So I don't think it turns around this week. Uh, yeah, like well, I said, Toronto 2 nothing. Hopefully, though, I don't know if you caught this, he actually just committed this week to the U.S. men's yes, national team. That's so good. hopefully maybe that distraction has gone away. He can begin to focus on his Chicago uh, career and also his U.S. career as well moving yeah, forward. So, we need to stop the hype. We need to stop all that hype. But we Twitter. Saw his, Twitter, man. We saw his potential early on. We talked about him. Letting you guys know that he had the talent, but he's obviously been slumping as of late. So maybe now the distractions are out of the way. He began to perform for Chicago. Um, last matchup of the MLS Fast Five, the one to look at is I actually think two teams that have been shocking the East. You have Montreal and Cincinnati. Uh, I would not have pinned either of these teams being in the top half of the East. Montreal sitting fourth and Cincinnati sitting East. Uh What's going on with these two teams right now? I would say maybe Montreal because they were they got into the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League, that is. Uh, they were slumping at the beginning of the season, um, but they have turned it around. They sit fourth, like you said. And Cincinnati was the team that we were talking about. They'll be sitting near the bottom um, right. come the end of the year with uh, Inter-Miami. Could still happen, but Brandon Vasquez is leading this team up front. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew how many goals he had, but they sit six currently. Um, this will be a very good game. It's in Montreal. I want to say a draw, but I feel like that's so boring. Uh, I'll say 2-1 Cincinnati with uh, Brandon Vasquez brace. Man, I think Montreal made it to Champions League only because they're Canadian and they won the Canadian Cup, I believe. They have that Maybe special... That's true entry there so that i don't think it was on the basis of their mls performance last season mm. regardless um good point. good point at home 
Uh, I'm going to say Victor Wanyama gets on the score sheet. 1-0 Montreal. Uh, that old Tottenham connection. He has an amazing tweet that says, I love spaghetti if you ever want to know more about Victor Wanyama. Um, Before we leave the MLS. That's so funny, by the way. I forgot about that. Um, I'll be in Atlanta this weekend, and I think I will be going to Atlanta versus Columbus. So <laughs> my two teams will be playing each other. Um, so that should be should be fun to watch. Um, two teams that are okay this year. Um, Atlanta United's been struck by the injury bug, and Columbus Crew is just a mediocre team. Uh, I think like I previewed at the beginning of the year. So should be fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see what goes on with that one. Yeah. Uh, but for us, that about wraps things up here today on The Bad Fan. Uh, thank you again for tuning in today. Um, we hope you enjoyed today's time together talking about Champions League, uh, getting a glimpse at the NBA and NHL playoffs, and covering the rest of the world in soccer. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it and give it a thumbs up. It's free and only takes a second of your time and helps us out a lot here on the channel. Uh, subscribe if you're not already a bad fan. We're hoping to get to 100 subscribers by the end of the summer. Uh, so if you want to help us get there, don't be afraid to share this with a friend. Leave a comment below. Get involved in the conversation either in on YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, the link tree is down below in the description to find your way to those sites. Uh, well, thank you again for joining us. All of us here at the Bad Fan Podcast from Brandon and I today. Hope that you have a great day, a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the Champions League final, watch some MLS soccer, uh, enjoy the NBA and NHL playoffs, whatever you're watching. We hope that you enjoy sports as we love to do as well. Um, for me and Brandon, it is peace out until next time, guys. Enjoy. <laughs>